work ethic is important. I, I think everyone kind of associates that with like the physical piece because mm -hmm. um, that is like a, it, it, it's very challenging. Like mm -hmm. working hard is hard. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's a there's other types of work ethics too that I think are I get just as equally inspired by. Like I, I really like I really like music. I like poetry. I like mm. paintings and art and. Uh, I like comedy that's mm -hmm. like its own art in its own and I like really anything whether it involves some type of physicality or doesn't um, where people are using just all of their life's energy and work ethic and uh, focus in their life to go in a direction mm -hmm. that they want to like be something great at. Yeah, I think we're cool. good. Okay. So everyone, just in case you didn't know, I'm here with Corey Sanhagen. I'm not sure what you're ranked in the UFC. I, I think, think top three. three. Yeah. Yep, three now. But uh, probably the most exciting fighter to watch in the sport right now. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny because Cheeto Vera was probably one of my favorite. I, we'll just say he was my favorite fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, we even named one of our chickens after him. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. Funny. And because my wife was like, who's your favorite fighter? And at the time... He had just been on Rogan. He was, I like his mindset for the discipline, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know how much you've heard him talking, but he, you know, goes to bed early. He just trains like a beast. Yeah. And I was just really digging his mentality and he's fun. He had just beat Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, I was really liking him and I still love you, buddy, <laughs> but when you beat him and when I saw you wearing the sheath shirt on the embedded, I was like, <laughs> I got to You wanted to flip the bat. Yeah. I just <laughs> switched teams a little yeah. bit. I was already a fan, you know, yeah. of yours. Cause you've been going through the division and fighting people, you know, with like I said, I was just watching the TJ Dillashaw fight over again. And it was a split decision loss on your part, but you know, um, it was pretty clear if you just look at you, both of your faces who won. Uh, but you know, maybe you went and rewatched it again. What, how do you feel oh, about that? I've watched that fight so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess with that fight, I definitely won the fight and he maybe has an argument for winning the bout, you know, like it's a sport at the same time as it's like an actual, uh, two guys going in and trying to hurt each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a sport side of that and like how to and win in the eyes as far as like the aesthetic goes, which um, wasn't really on my radar until after that fight. And mm -hmm. that was just something that I needed to kind of just keep in the back of my head is it's like, hey, even though no one's doing anything to you and they're behind you with the body lock. Yep. Aesthetically, it isn't like it doesn't look like a spot where I'm winning. Mm -hmm. So just figuring that out, uh, that one really burned to lose that one. I really wanted to win that fight. Yeah, because he was like, he actually was my favorite fighter, mm. even after the PED thing. Mm -hmm. So like, he's just, he looks like a fucking, mer like, he's, <laughs> I don't know. He looks really strong. And, uh, and I think I would fight in 135 if I were a fighter, mm -hmm. just for my size, maybe 125. But, um. He, you know, he was just a killer. He was, he was. He's good. Yeah. And he's like exciting to watch. Yes. Uh, that's why I think 135 and kind of, I mean, a, a lot of the weight classes are special in their own way. Um, but I think 135 is like a super special weight class because 
most of us are cutting from around like 160 165 ish and that's like a normal sized person you know so you have like a you have like a really like there's a big demographic of people in that weight range that are like athletic uh that maybe couldn't have gone and done other sports because in other sports you got to be big yeah <laughs> you know yeah. uh so you're getting like a higher percentage of really athletic guys that just weren't able to do other sports just because other sports require a different type of physical build. So you just have like these freak athlete guys that cut down to 135 and then just are extremely athletic and dynamic and really fun to watch. Yeah, but you're just not seven foot tall, so you yeah. can't be in the NBA. Exactly. I wanted to be in the NBA when I was 13 and I used to play all day, every day, like all day, meaning like four hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I put my heart and soul into that sport, but I look. Yeah, you're I'm, short. Yeah, I'm too I, short. <laughs> I was short growing up too, but NBA was my plan A. Like yeah. I was telling my parents, I was like, look, I'm playing in the NBA. Like I don't, if Earl Boykins <laughs> can do it, if Allen Iverson, who's only six foot tall, if Spud Webb can do it, then like I can do it. So that was always my plan A too. I would be at the park playing all day in my garage when it would be snowing outside. I'd be dribbling basketballs in my garage. Your left hand probably. Yep, yep yeah. both hands. Uh, but I was a little, you know, too tiny for that. Do you think that helped at all with the way you fight now? By you know, you seem kind of like an ambidextrous, ambidextrous yeah, style. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. Um, I think that uh, I think that the coordination involved in basketball is really important. But I also think that I grew up playing like all of the sports, okay. like uh, literally. I think all of them. You know, like basketball, hockey, football, baseball you know wall ball dodgeball like uh i was at daycare a lot like my parents worked a lot so uh -huh. i was at like daycare from like 6 a.m to 6 p.m like Whoa. for a lot of my childhood and that was like all we did was like play games at that you yeah. know play sports and play games at all of that so i think that that kind of like there's a lot of studies too done on kids that um grow up playing a lot of sports and how much more dynamic they are as far as an athlete goes when they get a little bit older. Um, so yeah, you carry it, carry it with you. Yeah. You know, it um, translates, but, but they, they say though, that when you're, when you're a kid, you're supposed to play all as many sports as you can. And then you're supposed to start specializing in something when you turn like 16, 17, 18 years old. Uh, because if all you do is wrestle your entire life, because you should see some of these wrestlers try to catch a ball or throw a ball, it's completely embarrassing, They're you know? Yeah, yeah, they just don't like, they never did it, so they don't understand it because whoever it was, whether it was them or their parents or whatever, just stuck them in the one routine of wrestling and their bodies got really good at doing that, but not really good at other things, so. Um, but yeah, I grew up playing a lot of those types of sports. I think that that's why I'm able to like, move my body and just be really coordinated compared to, I don't know, maybe the average Joe. Yeah. A couple of directions we could go here. One, I see the Dagestanians, they'll be like playing basketball mm -hmm. in between. They don't dribble. I don't think <laughs> sometimes, but, uh, so that kind of loosens you up a little bit maybe from, cause they're all like pretty hardcore wrestling. And then, um, what do you, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would actually be really interested to see what um, that part of the world is like. I know that um, a lot of the Eastern European countries are very good at combat sports because they grow up doing a lot of that stuff. And I can't really think of a sport that's more dynamic as far as like 
reaction time, moving your body in a certain way, being quick, being strong than like striking and wrestling. Um, but I do know that uh, judo is really big. Like every combat sport is Sambo. pretty big. Yeah, all kinds of combat sports are really big in the Eastern European countries. I was on the WKA US team uh, in like 2014. And we went over to Italy and did a world tournament there. And that was my first time really being exposed to like the amateur scene in a different country. I don't know what that is. Uh, WK, uh, world Kickboxing Association. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was on their U.S. team in 2014. We all went over. We did the world tournament in Italy. Um, but you watch so many matches because in tournament kickboxing, it's just like match, 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 your turn, match, 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 oh. your turn again. Um so I was watching a lot of these Eastern European guys, even before they came into the UFC or anyone in the US really knew who they were. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are really, really good. And then I started to learn that like, just that part of the world really teaches their kids young to, to do all types of combat sports, striking, wrestling, sambo, judo, all of those. Yeah. And, you know, like, when you devote your entire self to a particular, like just fighting in general or anything, you're gonna be leagues ahead of people that start way later in life. And, you know, like, I don't, one thing I like about um, combat sports and the UFC and fighters is you have to dedicate all of your attention to that in order to be competitive and <clears throat> being a business owner, I feel like it's, it's just inspirational because I'm looking at you guys, you're fighting and I see the training and the work ethic that goes into your profession. And I'm like, I need to step up my shit, <laughs> you know? I think everyone kind of, I, I think as long as for me, it's, it's, you know, like work ethic is important. I, I think everyone kind of associates that with like the physical piece because mm -hmm. um, that is like, a, it, it's very challenging. Like mm -hmm. working hard is hard. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's a, there's other types of work ethics too that I think are, I get just as equally inspired by. Like I, I really, like I really like music. I like poetry. I like mm. paintings and art and uh, I like comedy. That's mm. like its own art in its own. And I like really anything, whether it involves some type of physicality or doesn't, um, where people are using just all of their life's energy and work ethic and uh, focus in their life to go in a direction mm -hmm. that they want to like be something great at. Like, I think that that's super special. I'm trying to get better at public speaking. Mm. So I've been going to this, it's called Toastmasters and it's like a public speaking exercise club. Cool. So I had to memorize a speech recently and I got best speech for the day, <laughs> but the mental discipline to rehearse over and over it's like it kind of hurts i would rather just go run mm. it's like easier for me to do physically hard work than it is to do mental hard work okay so no i, I would actually th i i would argue that that's i mean that's the same for me too like getting me sometimes to do a visualization because i i do stay in like a pretty regimented thing when i'm in training camp it's 
kind of a like i gotta sometimes yank myself up and be like do your visualization now yeah. you know but like going to the gym isn't like physical stuff it's like yeah cool like uh once you get warmed up it's like enjoyable all of this but yeah some of that mental stuff can be just as fatiguing but i think it's equally as important as all of that other stuff so important mm -hmm. like i was telling you when we first like started communicating that i had made some vision boards mm -hmm. and that was really awesome by the way yeah like I, how cool is that sorry you, go ahead and tell no, the story no no it's just um it. well you were on this year's vision board mm -hmm. and here we are talking which that's happened so many times i've made a vision board every year since um i made my first one in 2008 in iraq i made my first vision board in iraq in 2008 and, cool. and so many things happen like they come true or come to fruition and not every single one still waiting for that 50 mil <laughs> but then you know some happen faster than others it's very strange but when it comes to visualization you know one one of the guys that i have heard does it on a like a pretty serious level is henry cejudo oh cool and he'll or he'll maybe he like acts out the whole experience and then all the way till the victory and you know with his hands in the air and or getting his hand raised at the end of the fight and stuff and i i feel you can manifest like we have more power than we think we do i'm not sure though i'm not sure either yeah it'd be cool yeah you know like if if i could if I say 10,000 times I will be champion, I become champion, that'd be cool. Yeah, but what I, if the other guy says exactly, 10,000 yeah, times yeah, too? Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of dynamics there. But uh, yeah, that's actually really, I didn't know that about Henry, but uh, that makes sense. You know, him being like a, with the Olympic, I, I, I could only like imagine being an Olympic athlete because you probably have so many resources when you're an Olympic athlete. And he was an Olympic athlete when he was. 17 or 18 or whatever however old he was so i could just imagine the amount of resources and like tidbits that he and just like secrets mm -hmm. that he has inside of him that unfortunately i can't ask him uh, <laughs> he's because. he's coaching but now i don't know i guess he's not coaching anymore i don't know i mean he wouldn't coach me yeah of course. <laughs> we're gonna be fighting soon maybe so <laughs> but he's anyways um you know, I don't know. I'm thinking back to the vision board thing and, and how I just, you, I, I put you on there because there was this picture of you and you're just like meditating. Mm. And it was, I've been meditating a lot lately. And I try to find like a zero space where I'm shutting my mind off. But you were telling me how you are doing like these guided meditations and I, I do. I, I like doing the, there's a guy named Michael Seeley on YouTube. You should try it. I think you'd really like it, especially if you have like some experience with meditation where you kind of already know how to be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there's, there's this guy, Michael Seeley on YouTube, who he has so many videos. A lot of them are for sleep, but there's mm -hmm. like just so many ones. And I really like like the, uh, the ones where he kind of just takes you on like a guided imagination tour of whatever the thing is. Like some of them are, find your spirit animal and f f explore the Ak Akashic records or like go on like some cosmic trip through like a time portal type of thing. And I really like those ones because I've always had like a really good imagination. Uh, like I've always 
I might not be like the friendliest or most empathetic person in the world, but I really have like a, I think a special ability to like put myself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, and that's just is because I have an imagination. I don't know why uh, I I have, I feel like that's maybe one of my superpowers a little bit, but uh, I really like just having him guide me through all of that and just like seeing what pops up in my brain. It's really interesting and I've had some super, I won't say life-changing experiences, but stuff where I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that that was in there, you know? Yeah. We were just watching the new Grand Hancock series on Netflix where he's going to all the different ancient pyramids and stuff. It It made me think, we need to do a photo shoot on every ancient, you know, wonder of the world. And go to our, you know, go to the pyramids and go to uh, Gobekli Tepe or something and do a sheath photo shoot. I thought that would be pretty. That cool. That would be super cool. I uh, I just recent listened to this guy Paul Rizzoli. Uh He like lives in the Amazon forest. He was on Lex Friedman's podcast. Okay. Uh, that was super cool too. Paul uh, Rizzoli. Why? Uh, I think yeah, Paul Rizzoli. I don't know how you say his last name, but his name was Paul Rizzoli. I think. Um, but just like his experience in the Amazon, like the world is so big and so massive and there's so many just like amazing, cool places to go to. But yeah, if you guys do that photo shoot, I'll be, I'll be there too. If you, if you <laughs> have the me. model, yeah, I don't know what type of model I would make, but <laughs> I think it would be good. We have, I mean, Brandon Moreno modeled for us for in sheath and it's just, it's cool. Cause he had the belt, you know, Oh, nice. and it's in that booklet. I don't know why it's not on the cover. Michael Malice is on the cover. <laughs> we should have Marino on the cover. But uh, it's, you know, this is just something that I'm super into. I'm a big fan of the sport. And like you, um, a big fan of comedy and probably Joe Rogan and all kind of all things Joe Rogan. Yeah. Because a lot of the people we work with are people that I've found through him. Mm. You know, he's like our modern day Johnny Carson yeah and if you make it on rogan you're like a made man yeah and you've been on twice which is pretty cool how's i mean what yeah Uh, how has that affected you uh great i feel like the first time i really didn't know what to expect uh this go around i kind of knew what to expect a lot more so i was able to do it better (laughs) uh but um i i i think joe rogan is a super special part of like uh just the world climate right now because he's such in my opinion, a really reasonable guy. Um, he is super honest, and I can't really imagine a day and age, at least in my like short 30 years on the planet, where there's been a figure that has been able to cover as much ground as he has without being like crushed by the big man. You know, they're trying. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. They are trying, and they're failing, yeah. which is so awesome because, like I said, I think that he's like a reasonable voice. He's yeah. like. And that's, I think, why people love him and why I love him. And, uh, yeah, when when he asked me to come on, I was like, this time I was almost expecting it a little bit, though, because the same thing. I was like, I bet you if I beat Cheeto and I do it right, like, I, I could see him calling me again. Nice. You know, and he did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's really cool. Because I know he's a big fan of Cheeto and I know that he's a big fan of me. Like, he's, he's always been really uh, nice and complimentary about just my skills and everything. So uh, I kind of foresaw that one coming. So that was, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think he's like a super integral, important 
piece of our world culture that even if you don't like him, I think he's important. There's a lot of people out there that I don't really like that I think are super important too. So yeah, um, a lot of yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people don't like Trump, but I w- I went back and wa- and he made like an an impact in in uh, the world whether you love him or hate him. Um, I went back and listened to your first podcast with Rogan today. And I was like, whoa, it was on March 5th, which is my birthday. Oh, funny. And it's just like these little weird yeah. coincidences, like the vision board thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love when those types of things happen. I know. Do you ever find that they happen more often when you're like in a certain, like when you're living a certain way? It's been happening more and more. And okay. I've been meditating on like, and I think I'm doing it right. And I, I've just really finding a flow. I have more energy now. And like me and my wife are really kind of getting along a lot better. Right. Whereas bef- before I would get irritated with her a little bit easier. And now it's like my whole brain is working as one unit instead of these fragmented portions. You know how like yeah. in those brain scans, you'll see like certain parts of the brain light, lighting up and that might be a depression part or anxiety part where I can almost feel it all working as a whole unit. And so I can see things from her perspective so I don't get mad anymore. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Like she's going through something or whatever. You have more patience too. Huh? Way more patience. Yeah, way more patience. Yeah. Um, what yeah, about the, you? The, yeah, that's the reason that I ask is because I don't know if it's just in my head, but... I do feel like when I am in like a nice and I I can almost like feel it like in my body and just in the way that I'm living when I'm in like that flow of uh, like just being really mindful and being really present. I start to find that like things like dots start to connect a lot more than when I'm anxious or, Mm -hmm. you know, overworked or not having a fun time in life. And uh, that's been like a giant thing for me in this last camp especially is uh, I was like borderline like making myself a psycho because I was putting so much pressure on myself and just you're cutting weight, you're working hard, you're putting a ton of pressure on yourself. And I almost had like this breaking moment Mm -hmm. where I was like, if I'm not going to start enjoying this, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. Like Mm -hmm. that's, it was either like quit or start enjoying it (laughs) Yeah, and and enjoying it. All that that meant was do the same thing, do all the same things that I'm doing every day, but just like, don't be grumpy about doing them. Yeah. Just do them like to your best of the ability and just like enjoy it as much as you can. As corny as that sound. Cause when I used to hear people say that before, I used to be like, shut up, man. Like shut up and just work harder, you know? Yeah. But there's a, there's actually like a utility to enjoying what you're doing. But sometimes if you're if you're burnt out and you've been overworking and you're not taking that time to recover your mind and body and spirit through some kind of practice, whether it's meditation or whatever, you're gonna you it's harder it's easy to say, but then, you know, to just be in a good mood, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing the work, quote unquote, to recover. And, and I, I, I remember about, it was probably like September of last year and I'll doing all the same shit. Nothing's really changed. And I would just be like middle of the day, just like I'm, 
pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, cause I'm, I have so much more to do and, and I know I have more to do and I don't, and I'm like burnt out. Now I know this might sound corny, but I, I can just go meditate for 20 minutes mm -hmm. and then I'm back and I can finish my day strong. And it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. There's like a utility to it. Yeah. That's like, uh, like before it was kind of like this hippy dippy thing, you know, because I had been, I, I've been doing it for maybe, uh, what I'm about to be 31, maybe like 10 years now, like nine yeah. or 10 years. Uh, and it always seemed like this like hippy dippy thing, but I was like, Oh no, like this isn't a hippy dippy thing. This is like eating healthy food. Mm. Like it's actually like good for you. That's you know a what great I mean? analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, I mean, it could be compared to getting a, a really good night's sleep. Um, cause I did not, I've been sleeping better, but mm. for the longest time I was just not sleeping well. Mm. How do you, when you go to sleep, do you just like conk out? Uh, no, I'm not that guy. Uh, I listened to Dune on audiobook and it puts me to sleep <laughs> like this though. <laughs> like, uh, and then even if I can't sleep, I'll, uh, I'll just listen to the story cause I like the story. Okay. Uh, so, so it's never like, uh, I, I like listening to audiobooks. They, they like help me fall asleep and then I'll wake up and I'll like be missing an hour and forget where it left off and then i'll but i'll just start it from the beginning or just yeah. start it somewhat random in the middle it yeah helps me a lot okay what do you put headphones in yeah or? just my airpods yeah and you're not married yet but like you know she's just over there and she does the same thing okay yeah yeah that's who, who i got it from oh okay right yeah. on that's really cool um I'm looking at notes just in <laughs> case because I didn't want to miss anything. But okay, this is this is this could be an interesting segue because I have done a handful of mind-altering substances in my day, but I don't really like typically I would smoke before a podcast, mm. but I haven't in in quite a while and I definitely and I didn't for this one. But it was just a habit that I would do smoke weed mm -hmm. to be specific. <laughs> Not crack. <laughs> smoke crack before a podcast. Yeah, that would be, that could be exciting. <laughs> what was that dude? Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh yeah, Tiger Blood. So, yeah, yeah. That, he he crashed and burned fast. Yeah, though, that was fast. Know, yeah, he, that's what drugs will do. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. So it's not sustainable. No. And what is what is what is your experience with that? Just uh with like uh well anything like psychedelics and not crack i assume you have not done a whole lot of crack no so. i haven't i have never smoked crack i don't <laughs> not that i'm aware of um yeah i don't i don't really do much drinking uh so yeah, like uh yeah like drinking i think alcohol is really bad you know like uh i, I still will have a drink every now and then or whatever but uh, I hate the feeling of being hungover. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like one or two drinks, I like still feel groggy the next day. So I'm not much of a drinker. So yeah. if I do like, you know, like want to relax or whatever, I usually take like a tiny, tiny piece of an edible. Because if I take even a medium sized piece of an edible, I'm just like not enjoying myself at all. So I just take a <laughs> tiny piece. I like just listening to music. And then like, that's more or less how I like to relax in those ways. Yeah. It's like mushrooms weed and there's all these you know new studies saying all the medic medicinal benefits but i've done it mm. and i've also been sober you know for and i feel like 
it's the way to be is like sober you mm -hmm. know you can mm -hmm. maybe do one trip you know once or maybe you know annually or something along those lines if, if that's your bag but some of these guys that i'm familiar with uh, every weekend they're tripping yeah you know and like what do you if you're trying to find peace but you have to keep taking the thing it's is it really working yeah you know i agree with you i i, I almost feel like uh like sometimes in life i will be in like a good groove like I, i'm a pretty routine guy so for me to kind of like be really at peace I have to be in a routine uh like that helps me like a lot but once I'm like in my routine, I can almost, and then like doing my hypnosis mm -hmm. because in those hypnosis, I've like damn near had altered experiences where I'm just like, did I take anything today? <laughs> you know, like that, that type of feeling and, or like that type of stuff going on in my brain. And, uh, so I'm not crazy about a lot of those things. I definitely understand the utility of all of them. Um, but I almost feel like those hypnosis and like me being in a routine and me eating healthy and me exercising and me pushing forward with my skills and, uh, trying to conquer a dream. Like that's, that's plenty for me to try to digest in a, in a day. Yeah. You're living I, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. These people are chasing something that's like, it, it, it's like a fish and you know, you have, you I have the answer to life and then yeah. it slips away and it's gone again. Yeah, there, I mean, I'm sure that there's like a level of like them just enjoying the shit out of yeah. like they probably just think it's fun as hell, you know. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably what's happening. Yeah, and it is fun, and I yeah. can attest to that. Um, but there's also like I've been getting to that place through meditation, and I was doing Wim Hof breathing mm. pretty much every day for a couple of years, and having done DMT and ayahuasca, mm. I. The Wim Hof shit would, it's like you feel this kind of like explosion in your brain. Have you done it? Uh, DMT? No, Wim Hof. Oh, breathing. Wim Hof stuff. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit, but not to the point where I'm. I I have like any real knowledge about it. Well, there's so there's a YouTube. He has like YouTube videos, so it's free, and he'll walk you through it. But there's something I was doing another podcast with this like. Uh, yogi like mm -hmm. yogi yogi i forget his name but it was a really good one and he told me the a trick that really uh distinguished from just doing what wim says in the video so you do the breathing you know you 30 breaths real big breaths then you exhale and you kind of hold your exhale for as long as you can maybe 30 seconds or a minute and then you re-inhale hold but then you squeeze, mm. like you squeeze all your muscles, mm -hmm. and then with, and then that's when it's just like, and you get this kind of like feeling of peace and comfort. I haven't been doing it as much because I've found that this meditation practice that I'm doing now gives me that peace, and it's less um, invasive or whatever. I was talking to this guy, Robbie, the fire Bernstein, he's a podcaster. And he was like, it sounds like you're just depriving your brain of oxygen. <laughs> and I'm not sure what's true or not, but well, if it feels good, it feels good. It, and it's only 30 seconds. And I don't, you know, of an exhales The the hardest part is you exhale and hold yeah. and, that, and what happens supposedly is your CO2 and your blood starts to elevate, which is there's something with that, mm -hmm. that I'm not sure. 
what it does, what that means exactly. Although you can't survive without carbon dioxide, mm. yet you think you just need oxygen, mm-hmm. but you actually need the carbon dioxide. And huh. living in the mountains is interesting because there's less oxygen up here. How high is it here? Eighty five hundred. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So if you ever want to come, that's great. Yeah, I was gonna say train. We were just hitting the pads, suckers. <laughs> it was fun. Um, but I can't hold my I can't hold my exhale for more than like thirty seconds. Oh, interesting. It is weird. But when I'm at sea level, it, I can go beyond a minute and a half probably. Mm. And you're in Aurora. It's like yeah, fifty four hundred or something. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably still seems high to people at lower elevation oh it definitely is we uh so the one fights are in a couple weeks yes uh and then the bkfc fights are in not april 29th yep, yep. yeah uh, so like a week and a half and we have like a bunch of those people in town and they're like training with us and they're like how long does it take and i'm yeah. like well months i don't tell them that i'm like well when's your fight probably a day before then uh, you know because i don't want to yeah. you know i don't want to but yeah uh when i go down and fight at sea level it's a pretty big change. Like, I'm like, oh, this is great. I could go you know? forever. Yeah. Yeah. When I go visit my family and go for a run, I'm like, yeah, I've been running for a while. This I don't, is awesome. I don't do conditioning in like, like when I visit my family in New York or DC or whatever, I like, I don't do conditioning. I'm just like this, you know, I'll just wait till I get up higher. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, you know, for stress, really, you know, I'm yeah, hanging yeah, out with yeah. family. I'm like, I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Mike Perry's fighting Luke Rockhold. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool. That'll be cool. Yeah, I they were trying to get us to sponsor Mike Perry, and I I say we can't sponsor everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I don't, and I just don't know the view, the like the the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what we like about sponsoring fighters. One of the coolest things is weigh, weighing in in your underwear. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. And you can't do that in the you UFC. can't do that in the UFC yeah. and just. I was looking at some of the BKFC stats and views and all this, and it's it's cool. It's a little brutal though. It's mm. kind of brutal. Are They're you gonna, low. What's that? The views are low. What do you well, mean? Well, sorry, brutal? I went I went in two different directions. <laughs> the views are low, and and then I was I was then I went to Mike Perry fighting uh, Michael Venom Page. Mm. I don't know if you saw it, but mm. they're just dripping, you know, blood. Yeah and just like gashes and it's just not <clears throat> it's a little bit too bar i don't know it's, it's pretty a, barbaric yeah uh like the idea of i don't know it's something about wearing a leather glove that just makes it seem a little bit less crazy yeah, you it's know a little bit more civilized <laughs> which even then it's like eh, dude they're like they're not big and they're not very padded so it's like i mean they're decently padded but uh, i don't know maybe it's the aesthetic or something but I always thought about doing BKFC. Yeah. And I don't think I ever would unless I was allowed to like elbow people. They can't because, elbow? No, they can't oh, elbow. Weird. All they could do is punch. Isn't okay. that strange? That is. I think it should be punches, elbows, and headbutts. That's how they should oh do that. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and I always, th- I always think about how um, like in the UFC, if you could back headbutt. Yeah. You, you know. You can't, but. Yeah, you could get out of rear naked chokes. That's actually a great idea. I had never thought about that. <laughs> that would actually be really smart. It could get them to let loose a little bit. Yeah. So I know you and Rogan were talking about the different rules, and I don't I mean, 
it's it's pretty gentlemanly as it is mm-hmm. like a, a superman not superman soccer kick mm-hmm. and he was like just figure out not, how to not get kicked in the head and it's fine I, I would still watch it you know what i don't like is the slapping thing yeah i think it i, I think it's gonna get a little bit old pretty soon like i like uh mma stays interesting because it's like this evolving art yeah. form yeah. you know and uh there's a lot of different styles to it the matchups are interesting there's no, there's not, not a lot of that in power slap. You know, I don't want to shit on it because I know Dana's like crazy exactly, about it yeah. and I definitely don't want to shit on it, but I think that they'll have to do something to just make it last for a while. Um, so, I mean, you know. it's good for TikTok, I yeah. guess, but I'm not going to pay for, uh, to watch like a pay-per-view or something. If I'm a 14 year old kid, I'm watching that like every week. Yeah. You know, like every week. It. Yeah. If I'm for, you know, uh, but I think it's gonna just they're they're gonna have to figure out ways to like keep it interesting. I think if it wants to really last, because how many times can you watch the same thing? You know, like people get knocked out by a slap over. Like how many times can you watch that before you're like, all right, let me watch something else. That's interesting because I watch, I probably watch every no not every fight from every UFC every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and I'm thinking to myself, how are you still watching this? It's like. But it's it's different every time, you know. It's not like it doesn't get boring to me. I'm still like, Whoa, and I feel like sometimes I'm in the fight, depending on who's fighting. I'm like, Whoa, block move, you know. Yeah, I, and that's how I get to when I only when I watch my buddies. I'll be like, yeah. Uh, what was I? I I don't know. I just, I really enjoy it. I mean, people that watch football, it's like, dude, I hate, dude, I hate watching football. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't mind watching football if there wasn't so many breaks. Yes. There, it's like a eight second play, maybe. And then like a three minute break and then another thing. Yeah. I it, can't stand that. Yeah, It doesn't keep my attention. No. I'm, like, I'm going to take a nap. I went to a Avs game this like early in this season and i wasn't i'm not like i'm not really super into any sports because anytime i watched any type of sports it was just because i wanted to learn so i went to a hockey game and hockey's actually pretty awesome okay i would like to get into it but i don't really have the energy to like care about things ever like tv shows sports i like can't get myself to care about them we've been watching uh naked and afraid i like naked and afraid that's fun you ever watch alone yeah Alone's badass. Yeah, they yeah. go crazy after a I while. Know, I know. I couldn't imagine. I, uh, I do. I, I enjoy going camping. Yeah. But two nights, I'm like, I need to talk to someone, and, and I'm not even that much of a chatty guy, you know. So yeah. I couldn't imagine those guys. They're going like a month without seeing anyone. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I need a. I don't. I just don't. I don't sleep well enough in a nice bed with a pillow and a blanket yeah. if i'm naked i'm like i'm gonna die in like yeah. three days <laughs> seriously so but it's it's it, there's a it's it's all that's interesting too i've we've watched like every episode from every season and um i'm still like how are you still watching this i don't know i like it it's, yeah. it's just it, there's something the perseverance of these people I, I and when they finally get picked up by the the truck at the end and they're so happy. Yeah. 
I love that. Uh, um, so on this year's vision board, I got you and you're meditating, but on a lot of my old ones, I would have the moment of a victory. Like when after you won, you're just like, ah, uh-huh. that is something like that feeling I would never really understand, but I could imagine it's pretty badass. Uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I really like watching like uh, the Grammys and not not and the Oscars and stuff. Not because I know what's going on because I'm not like I never know the movies or anything or the actors or anyone. But I really like just watching like those people accomplish their dreams nice. and like what they say and just how they look and like I I really love like that and I love it like uh, I love it in MMA too when I'm like wow that was important to that guy yeah you know that's like a really special thing yeah yeah you can tell sometimes when someone needed the win more than the other fighter too and it's like okay he needed that yeah he was on a three fight loss streak or whatever and. The other dude's been winning, and he barely lost. Maybe he didn't even get, like, knocked out or submitted. It was just a decision for the other guy. So, And in those cases, like with you and TJ, for instance, you didn't lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Like, even though he won, to, and everybody that saw knows that you didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. That, those Although, are- it's, it can fuck with your career. It can definitely. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the scariest piece about it is because, okay, so I was in a position where I needed to win a fight when I fought song, mm-hmm. um, because I, who I had knocked out Marlon Frankie and then I fought TJ lost a close one, fought Jan on short notice, lost a close one. Yeah. And regardless of like the way that I lost, I was, they gave me song who was like number 10 or like even below that in the rankings. And I was like, Hmm, you know, they're either doing this for me or they're doing this for song, you yeah, know, but, but they, yeah. but the UFC is really good at putting themselves in win-win positions. Cause if I win, that's great. If he wins, it's great too. So, uh, for them at least. So I felt like I was in that position against song and it was, it was just, th- that was like a special place to be in where it's like, Hey man, you can't lose three times in a row in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Like you can't lose three times in a row in the UFC. Like, uh, it's just not like you're fighting way down or they're just kind of giving you a cut, a cut off, you know, where they're maybe not cutting you, but they're like putting you in a different pool of fighters than the one that you were in before. So yeah, that type of feeling is uh, a special one, and it makes it, like, really satisfying when you win the one where it's like, ooh, if I would have lost that, really not good. <laughs> yeah. I like PFL. Yeah, um, PFL's great. Yeah, I mean, I was watch- I watched – I don't watch it, like, on a every time it comes on, but the championship, that mm-hmm. last – the pinnacle, whatever, that mm-hmm. was pretty fun. I, was, I watched that. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, because they're going to win a million bucks. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So I <clears throat> like you I wanted to talk about your mindset cuz you were talking about it like recently but like that it shifted in the not not too distant past how you were like just had to like shift from I guess being kind of like 
comfortable to like I'm it's me or him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. my mindset changes every day <laughs> yeah. uh, I do a lot of reading so I like oh, yeah. pick up things you know here and there all the time but uh, yeah so before okay so I, I'll like as far as the timeline goes let's say when I before I was fighting Aljamain Sterling um, or let's actually it'll be more interesting if I describe it in this way when I lost my first professional fight um, I was 5-0 and oh, probably going to get picked up by the UFC had I won that fight competed horribly um, didn't know why like didn't have enough self-awareness to like know how I was feeling knowing why I was feeling certain ways um, if I could even pinpoint a feeling that I was having at the age of like 22 or right. however old I, I was when I lost um, and so that made me go down this and this is why I love fighting is because it's always translated super well into like my other aspects of life, but not having like self-awareness really screwed me over. So I was like, okay, let me try to get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I spent a lot of time in the mountains, uh, by myself trying to learn about myself, trying to think about like all the indoctrinated ideas that have been put in me that everyone has put in them as their kids and raised in certain societies and mm-hmm. ways of living. Fig- tried to figure all of that out, tried to figure out like uh who am I like down in like my core, like who I am in my essence. Spent a lot of time like trying to develop a lot of self-awareness in like those six or seven months after I lost my first fight because I was like, fuck that. I don't want to lose again. Let me get this down. Um, So I did really good with that. It put me on like this uh, journey of studying Buddhism, studying Hinduism, studying all of those religions that really uh, hammer home the idea of like self-awareness, uh letting go of the ego, not being attached to like material things or really anything, uh, put me in like a whole, you know, wormhole of going down that for a few years, made me a really peaceful guy, made me like a really mindful, super peaceful guy, fought Aljamain Sterling, uh, and went into the fight just way too peaceful. Uh, like way too, like when I was looking across from Aljamain, he looked like he hadn't Like if he was a dog, it was like he hadn't eaten in like a month, you know, and I was and I didn't feel that way. And so that was then I was like, okay, well, I lost that. Fuck that. I don't like losing. What do I need to figure out now Mm -hmm. about fighting? And then so it became how do I figure out this entire dark piece about fighting? And I use the term dark in like a loose way, not like demons and stuff, but like uh, how do I turn myself into like this? Uh, like brutal person that is willing, capable, because I already was capable. So it's more like the willingness to put myself into a space where I could really go out there and demolish someone and like make it dark, like hurt them bad. And so how do I discover that about myself? And then I discovered that about myself. And and I use myself as like kind of like, I think that we're all like this. I just have a little bit of experience in that area uh, because maybe everyone hasn't had to do it as far as like just their life, but I had to do it in my life. So I figured out the whole dark piece, um, rode that wave for a while and then uh, knocked Marlon out, knocked Frankie out, did like okay against TJ, did really well against Jan, except for when I got dropped things changed in that fight did pretty decent against song but then i started to realize in the song fight that that dark dude that was going in there was starting to distract me 
it was starting to kind of like pull me away from being able to compete in a super focused way mm -hmm. because being that dark dude just is like a it's like a hot burn you know uh, and it's hard to maintain. And like I said, if you're just having any feeling you have, you're trying to just cover up with getting pissed, maybe not the best solution long-term, you know? Yeah. Uh, so figured out in that song fight that those types of feelings were being distracting. Um, and then into this Cheeto one, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit less of that. Even though I've had success with it, I'm going to be a little less of that because I could feel it being distracting. So how do I need to be now? And it's kind of like a balance of the two. Uh, and the way that I feel that balance is just by being super mindful and trying to enjoy this process a little bit more. Um, and me enjoying it gives me a lot more space for me to be how I got to be depending on whatever given moment it is, whether it's in the fight or in training or whatever. If I'm enjoying it, I feel like I just have a lot more of an ability to capture whether I got to be dark guy right now or I got to be super focused guy or a mesh in between and um, sorry for the long-winded answer but that's kind of that entire journey for me more or less nice yeah because it's hard to maintain like a super hot flame metaphorically because it's gonna burn everything around it and then it gut turns into ashes yeah you, know? you need to be able to sustain a nice sized flame that you know we i feel like we have something like that within us a, a fire that burns within us and eventually it's going to go out when we die because but it's like what is keeping us alive you know like it's just our heart and stuff mm. but there's some sort of electricity happening that <clears throat> is it's not tangible and it's like the spirit or yep. the consciousness. Life is so dynamic; it's almost not even worth trying to figure out. <laughs> it's a, it's the tiny. It's yeah. It, we're, it we'll is spend worth a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. You multiple out. lifetimes, probably. Nice. All right, we're, we're, that's not too bad of timing then. Um, it's on, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. So. <laughs> uh, that mindset, fighting, business, books. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm revisiting The Power Now. Okay. Have you read Eckhart, it? Eckhart Tolle. I yep. love him. Yeah, I he love him He got me too. through some dark times. Yeah, seriously. He was actually the first person that helped me discover like uh, that awareness piece. Because after I lost that fight, my coach was really into Eckhart Tolle. Uh, so he was like, hey, read this book. And I was like, okay. So... I have it on audiobook also, and his voice is kind of funny, so I'll I listen to his, it. <laughs> I just, I would, I watched his YouTube videos for the longest time, and he would always do these question and answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would, I would, I, I cry. I'm like this weird, it's not like I'm sad, it's like I'm so happy, mm -hmm. or like it's so meaningful. And he's doing such a good thing for the world, especially for those that need his message at the time. You know, he's awesome. He's so great. He's amazing. Uh, his voice is kind of weird, but it's almost <laughs> like uh, it's almost like it, it's weird, but it, uh, not not because it's bad, but it's because it's like different. So like, I love listening to the audiobook. I've I'm in my life, I probably have listened to that audiobook somewhere between ten and fifteen times from like start to finish. I need to get the audiobook because I have the book, and I just watched his YouTube videos, mm. and you know, he talked about. He, it's like taking acid. Yeah, the lights. You know, when you when you're in 
the now, mm-hmm. you know, and your mind isn't constantly just running through the different tasks or problems or worries and loops. Yeah. Fucking loops yeah. are so annoying when you're, when they're negative. I know. It's like, I already fucking thought of this a thousand times. I know. And that's what I love about meditation. And it kind of helps me stop those loops. Nice. That's good. But I want to get maybe I'll, I'll get that book. It's a great. You haven't read it before. I well the the audio. Okay. And yeah, I, I, it's been a while. This it's, was 2015. I, it's been a while since I've read it too or yeah. listened to it. It is phenomenal. Okay. It is like so good. Um, but yeah, so I was reading that or I'm listening to that now that uh, because I finished Dune, which like took me forever because it's like this big and I'm a pretty slow reader. Um, but Dune was awesome. I when I was growing up, I feel like there was a movie. Yeah, there, there's an older movie, and then yeah. there's like a new one. Is a new one? But tell me what you think about both of them. Uh, I haven't seen the old one. I didn't watch the new one until after I finished the book, so it was like pretty recently, and I actually liked it. Okay. I thought it was like it's kind of moody. It's got like a moody feel to it, but that kind of like pairs well, I think, with the book. Um, Everything was pretty like close to uh, obviously the book's always a lot more descriptive, but uh, I thought it was like as far as like books to movies go, I thought it was pretty pretty good. Nice, you know? like pretty good. The book is phenomenal though. Okay, especially if you're into like combat uh, and like um, anything fight related, uh, because the the plot of the story is there's Paul Atreides who. Um, spoiler alert in the first movie his like dad passes away so he's pretty much the new guy but then there's this other uh, like group of people that are trying to take over the land of Arrakis which is like they have this spice there that is worth a lot of money so it's pretty much this battle over who can control the spice um, and then so it's like a battle. It's like a war story. So there's like a lot of really good like tidbits about like politics, a really good Interesting. bit about in there about religion, a lot in there about like combat and just like fighting. Wow. It's, yeah, it's a pretty well-rounded book. It's it's really good. Okay. Yeah, follow your inspiration too. Mm-hmm. Follow your bliss is <laughs> one of the... Joseph Campbell. Booyah. I love Joseph Fuck, Campbell. I love Joseph Campbell. He's a, yeah, he's he was a, a man. Gangster of all gangsters. <laughs> The uh, those mythos or whatever. I don't know if you watched his talks. Uh, yeah, yeah, the ones they were on Amazon for a little bit. Yeah, I think you have to pay for them now, which yeah. is a shame because I would. I think everyone should watch those. There's like six videos, mm-hmm. and they were, yeah. He's just giving talks about the art and the you know ancient cultures mindset. He got me super into mythology. He's super- like there was like three or four years of my life, and I was like super into mythology and. Uh, not only that, but I like wrote out my own hero's journey one time. Yes. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and that's what the Star Wars movies were based on. A lot off of them. Of. Harry yeah. Potter, too. Yep, a lot of them. Well, you're living the journey, baby. <laughs> and thank you so much for taking the time to drive down here and hang out with me and hit the pads and have this nice chat. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, I look forward to working with you on the, your instructional videos. You're the best striker in the in the UFC at the moment, at least from my. I'm a, I'm kind of an expert at watching <laughs> at watching UFC. Nice. So, I think you're the most exciting and dynamic, and um, you know, there's hints of Dominic Cruz, also, but that you know the the 
ambidextrous style, but you're you're taking it to that next level, and I want to see you wearing that belt. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, I think you're going to make it happen. Thank so. you. Thanks for having me on here. Thank you, and thank you for watching. <laughs> we'll be back next time. Uh, hopefully, as good a guest as this. Uh, but check out some of the previous videos, especially the last one with Steven Sato, where he talks about his experience with meditation. Extremely entertaining and, and kind of insightful. So we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.